Welcome to the Role Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. On today's episode, we're with Grant and Jane Gallagher of Diamond Cross Ranch in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Grant and Jane are sharing how they're continuing on the legacy of one of the last remaining historic ranches in Teton County through creative agriculture. By taking risks and following dreams, they've brought corporate events, weddings, photo shoots, merch, and more to the ranch, bringing guests an unforgettable experience and breathtaking views of the Grand Tetons. Before we get started, I have some exciting news. Since the beginning of Rural Revival, I've worked hard to find ways to tap into my experience in marketing and communication, apply that to strategies that work for small towns and small businesses, and empower you to take that information and run with it. Honestly, it's always been a dream of mine to have a rural-based design agency that employs people who also live in and love small towns. I now have that right team in place and we have officially launched Branded by Rural Revival, a rural design studio for small businesses and small towns. Starting out, we're focused on websites and social media. Our premium website templates and packages are designed to help you quickly build and launch your website so you can start attracting your dream clients, reaching people in and beyond your small town, and doing what you were made to do. Along with that, our social media course will teach you to leverage engagement so you can authentically reach your audience. You can find out more at brandedbyruralrevival.co or through our socials, and you can find those links in the show notes. We can't wait to help you grow your business online. And now, here we go with Grant and Jane Gallagher. Today, we are in Jackson Hole, Wyoming with Grant and Jane Gallagher of Diamond Cross Ranch, Guys, thank you for being on the podcast. Great to have you here, Dana. Yeah, thank you. Tell us a little bit about your story. Jane, you grew up here and kind of how you guys met and have taken over the ranch over the years. Okay, well, I grew up on the Diamond Cross Ranch, which is this beautiful 400 acres that you see looking toward the Tetons. And my grandparents had come from Switzerland in 1912, not to this ranch, but to a piece of ground that is now in Teton National Park, about 10 miles from here. And my father was one of their 10 children. He was inducted into World War II. And when he came back, my mom, Betty Howard, had moved here from Chicago. And they met and were married and moved up to Buffalo Valley, where his brother Emil had been taking care of the property that they owned together while dad was in the war and dad bought Emil out and eventually mom and dad purchased two other homestead size pieces and my uncle Ed lived across the highway so this whole valley Buffalo Valley and Jackson Hole was a cow town so cattle ranged up on the you know Togety Pass and on the ranges and it was a wonderful life we I have three sisters. We all grew up being my dad's cowgirls and went to rural Moran School and on to Jackson High School. And I went to the University of Wyoming, never used my degree, kind of came back and got into this, that, and the other. And to kind of shorten things up so it's not that long, Grant and I met some many years later 
After I had been divorced, I met he and his wife, Lockie, who had been, I'll let him tell his own story, but he'd been a polo player in California, and they came back to Wyoming, and I met both of them. So that kind of begins our story together. <laughs> How'd I do? Yes, you did pretty good, I think. Did you? I, yeah. I, would just, I would just add that these, when I came into this country in 1977, these girls were legends. I mean, I kid you not, this old Swiss rancher had four daughters, and these daughters could, like, outride and outcook, <laughs> and, I mean, any cowboys around, not outcook, too, but they could do the cowboy job and all the rest, and I just heard about them a lot, so I never, I never thought I'd end up marrying one, but I got lucky and did. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> So this ranch is actually one of the last historic ranches in Teton County. Tell us about some of the history and how you guys have played a role in carrying that history on. Wow. That's that would tough. probably still be your department, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you have, you know, growing up, it, this we never thought much about it, like concerning historic, much of Teton County had already gone out of ranching because it became Teton National Park. And so many of the homesteaders sold their property into public land. So we maintained this piece. We never really thought about it being historic, though I suppose it was. And so today it's called historic, but I believe that's probably because Grant and I started working with people after we were married in 1997 and we always felt that what we wanted to carry on was my parents' legacy, which was hard work, determination, um, going to the bank and paying it off and somehow getting out of debt. It's a, just a miraculous story what they did and the, the work that it was. But we wanted to carry that on, so we began a business that has evolved. We started for entertainment, and it ended up affecting people. And so we brought our history into that. I do the history piece, and then Grant started the horse whispering, and now we have a whole bunch of other legs to the business. Well, I came here in 1977 on a mule. So I basically ran away from home wow. as a kid. I was 19, and uh, I just wanted to, my, I wanted adventure. And so I headed up the uh, Continental Divide. I was, my goal was to ride the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, to Canada. So I rode a mule and packed a mule. I had $500 in my pocket and riding cross-country. And uh, I always say, when I got to this country, I didn't see any reason to go any farther. Right. It was so beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to be a cowboy, wanted to be a mountain man, but mostly just seeking adventure. And so uh, that's kind of the beginning of my trek to Wyoming. And, of course, there's a lot before that, too. But, uh, of course, Jane and I, we joined two families. Uh-huh. And I had a daughter that I had custody of, and Jane had two sons. And in 1997, when we got married, we joined the two families. And her boys were just... just uh, young teenagers peter was 12 right and and yeah, I believe so, so that's not easy 
Right. It's not anything to do in, on a ranch here. And, and Jane says we were trying to carry on legacy, or maybe I'm like we were just trying to survive. Right. Really. <laughs> that was that was part of our legacy was trying to survive just since to survive. I was born. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was hard for me because I, I had come out of a lifestyle of, of playing polo, a lot of jet setting around celebrities, spending the winters in Palm Springs, Indio, California, every winter, uh, and then going beautiful places like Jackson Hole or Sun Valley, Idaho in the summertime and playing. And uh, But when I retired from polo, we we had actually, my first wife and I, we, we moved back to Wyoming, wanted to get back to the to the mountains and kind of the cowboy way of life uh, and kind of long story short without giving you a lot of detail uh, things didn't work out we ended up divorced I went back to Colorado with my daughter and then uh, it's crazy you're gonna you, this is gonna blow you away but I, I had a dream because I was thinking about remarrying and I had a dream and I actually saw Jane in the dream but I didn't know it was her because I had I knew her, but I, I I didn't know exactly who it was. I just know her name started with a J, and that uh, she had hair at a certain length and color. And when I came back came back up to do a clinic or something, I forget. But uh, when I saw her, I like I said, "What'd you do to your hair?" <laughs> and she and she like looks at me like, "You don't say that to a woman, right?" When you haven't seen her for a while, even if it's a friend, like, what'd you do to your hair? First words. And like, well, what'd you say? Oh, I just told them the truth. I'd gone several days before I'd gone to the hairdresser and had a nice trim and she had colored it a bit, but she got it off normal tone. So I thought, well, he must, I didn't know what he thought. I didn't know it looked that weird, you know, but (laughs) it was kind of strange. So she was the girl in the dream. Absolutely. And it, did you know at first? No, I wouldn't say that I, I did. I mean, we were just friends. Yeah, we were friends. We were just friends. Uh-huh. So I, I didn't say anything. I like, when she said why, I like, oh, nothing looks great. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> but boy, some things were going through my head, really, because I had been praying about uh, remarrying. And uh, I didn't like being single. And, and of course, it, you know, we were good friends, and I had a lot of respect for her. And, and so I'm like, wow, I guess this maybe, maybe. <laughs> and God showed you who it was. That's God amazing. Knew. Yeah, yeah. So how did you pursue her? I got to know. We just we just love being together. We love riding horses mm-hmm. together. Uh, we undertook a project, which is really what launched our business, which was so amazing. Uh Jane had a little arena, mm-hmm. and uh, Microsoft had 300 of their people that came to Jackson Hole, and they wanted a private rodeo, or they they were going uh-huh. to come, right? Uh-huh. And the rodeo was closed that time of year. It was in September. So they asked Jane if they could, uh, if we she could put on a private rodeo. And I was up here, you know, training horses and shoeing horses and things like that. And so, and and hanging out with her a lot. And and she said, if you'll if you'll help me do it, Grant, we'll we'll take it on, right? Mm-hmm. And so we did, and we didn't know what we were doing. They put up these big tents, and we got friends to cater it, and we pulled it off. And uh, I always say we made more money in one night than we did 
all summer training mm-hmm. horses. So wow. it, it really gave us a vision mm-hmm. of our, our future, even though we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, yeah, and it's, a, it's quite a journey. Yeah, I, I wrote about it in my first book, Chasing a Dream. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of realized, wow, this is a, a cool way for us to do something different with the ranch, did you kind of say, let's do more of that? Yeah, we did. We got a, caught a vision, and actually I had another dream. I'm a dreamer. I love it. So I, I had a dream of this white tent out in the oh, field. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it, it kind of fit the Microsoft things because they had set up a big tent. I woke, you know, I like, this was after we're, right after we were married. Cause we got married that fall. I mean, we didn't okay. wait. Wow. Like, like I was up here that summer and we got married in November. November. And November 8th, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I forget <laughs> Look, quite we, often. We always forget our anniversary. November for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that winter was, that was a little tough winter for me going from Palm Springs, yeah. you know, and that sure. kind of life to, to, uh, to a winter up here. But uh, yeah, that's that's what got us going, and and uh, so I had that dream, and we looked at each other, and and uh, I had a friend that you know knew the tent business. We bought a used circus tent for five thousand bucks, and we had five thousand and thirty dollars in our checking account, and we didn't have enough we didn't have enough to buy the poles and stakes, so we went out in the woods and cut all the poles and stakes, and uh, we started doing uh, just different things. We. I mean, you would not believe this story. It, could, it would take too long, but I'll just make it short. This, we had our tent oh, yeah, up, right? Great and we're story. and okay, so we're just following the, the the path, the dream, right? Right. And so here comes this guy in a red Cadillac with Longhorn steers on the front of it, and a, mm-hmm. pulling a trailer with a chuck wagon on it. Mm-hmm. He drives down the driveway. He gets out. He's got he's got his boots. His pants tucked into his boots. His boots come clear up to his knees. They're red boots. He's got a 10-gallon Stetson on, mm-hmm. big big handlebar mustache, and he says, Hello, I'm Dancer Davis, and I see you got a tent. Looks like you need a chuck wagon cook. That's how he, I mean, he talked. He had that voice, didn't he? Yes, a he did. A radio voice. Yes, he did. And, and like, oh, well, maybe we do. <laughs> we had a conversation <laughs> at the table. And literally, we started a business that way. He he wow. set up and did Dutch oven cooking out of his authentic chuck wagon. So it's totally. And by the way, he had ridden uh, on the on the uh, Chisholm Trail, the trail drive, the cattle drive from Texas to Montana. He had ridden a horse that whole way and slept under his chuck wagon the entire way. Never went to a motel. Amazing. Imagine how he smelled. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was a character, and he had this sidekick with him called oh. J.D. Yes. I think his name was J.D., right? Yeah. And just a, just a tough, poor, poor mm-hmm. kid when he had mm-hmm. me teeth. And, and uh, it, anyway, it was a crazy journey. But he actually painted a, a, t- a sign for us to put on the highway, and I was going to do my horse-whispering demonstrations for entertainment. He did cowboy poetry, cooked the dinner, and, and that's how we got started. And I would do a demo like seven days a week while he cooked. And I got lots of practice kind of in front of people doing 
doing that. We worked with wild mustangs and all kinds of things. So basically that failed. Uh, Mm -hmm. He he got discouraged and left because he had to cook so far ahead of time and he couldn't get people's reservations and Mm -hmm. it was frustrating for him, but it got us started. And and, uh, the concierge at Jackson Lake Lodge had come and she loved it. And so she said, I want to bring my corporate people here and we'll cater it. Mm -hmm. So then, so they brought us lots of uh, lots of groups that year, and we paid yeah, for the tent the first did. year, and we were off off and running. So we were in the tent for five years, five years. and uh, finally wore out the old tent. Uh, you would not believe who we had right here in that tent. We had wow. Sandra Day O'Connor, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we did. I, and and I, they, mm-hmm. they loved my dog, Doffy. Oh, yeah, Doffy. And, and they said, where's your dog, Doffy? And and. I, I called him and he appeared in the middle of the table. All the china, wine glasses, everything, <laughs> all this is done up really nice, right? right? He just like appeared, jumped right in. And uh oh like I grabbed him, you know, he didn't break a glass at all. So that was pretty funny. But we had congressmen, we had thirty congressmen, the owners of the railroad, we had the, the American Bar Association. Wow. Some of the people that came when we had that tent, unbelievable, wasn't yeah, it? Totally. Yeah, and they did. They loved it. So, we just found out from them. Yeah, these were non-horse people. See, I'd been yeah. doing clinics and teaching my whole life, horse people, but we we didn't have any idea that business people would get so much out of it. The fact is, they get the leadership aspects of it, and of course, back and forth, we yeah. traded a lot and got input from them. So that's you know, twenty-five years later. Here we are, 26 years later. Yeah, starting our 26 years yeah, right now. Yeah, the groups we people we've had through this through this barn. And five years the tent wore out. We we bit the bullet and built this this barn and got our, you know, our uh, grandfathered in conditional use permit. So. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so you're kind of getting the aspect now. I hope. Yeah, that's great. So when that started to kind of take on, was it just by word of mouth or was it strictly word of mouth? That's amazing. Yep. Yep. Yeah strictly word of mouth and then we had this wonderful lady from teton village who was a concierge uh, activities director for snake river lodge and she her name is kathy michelle and she a horse lover and she loved what we did and so she brought us like 18 groups right from teton village yeah she started the village business so they were busing out from teton village and and she really stuck with us a long time and then she's a, also became a wedding planner oh, so yeah. she oh started goodness. doing weddings here and so it, it's just grown from that wow that's incredible you guys have survived i mean just being a ranch owner you have to survive a lot of challenges and you've steered the ranch through all of that what have been some of the keys to your success i would have to say uh First of all, I just have to say prayer, and we worship together every day. We praise the Lord Jesus Christ and get instruction from him. That would be my thoughts. But Mm -hmm. dreams, again, have directed us. People have directed us. Favor has directed us. If you have favor, follow your favor. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a little path. I'd say we... We don't really, we're going to learn to get a business plan now, but we just (laughs) kind of followed the yellow brick road. Yeah, we followed the flow. Flow. Um, And that is kind of, we're both, I'd say, very creative. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness our kids are like really 
they have good educations and they're helping us get the numbers and the facts and all the things we need for the next step. But we took it for the first one by just wherever the flow went, wherever dreams directed, wherever we had favor, we followed all of that. Trying to follow the spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah. We made some mistakes along the way, but when, yep. when we didn't follow the spirit, we made the we mistakes. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a good guide. Very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So how are your kids involved with the ranch? Are all of them involved with the ranch? Mm-hmm. They are. Yes. Yeah. Peter uh, and Lauren, his wife, moved back from Washington, D.C. They they were in D.C. We actually worked in the White House. And uh, so they were there for 10 years. So they left mm-hmm. the ranch early. He went to University of Pennsylvania, great school, graduated. And so that's him. And then Luke went to Harvard. And got his MBA there. You know, we're very proud of that. He, yeah. well, both of them are proud. Of, those are tough mm-hmm. schools. Yeah. And and there's another thing we were trying to make. Uh, you know, we're like, how are we going to get these kids into college? They wanted to go to really good schools. They were smart, and of course, they got some scholarships. But still, it's so expensive. So we're like just trying to figure out like how we can help them get into school and follow their their dreams because they both wanted they didn't want to stay here on the ranch in buffalo valley everybody says oh you'd never leave like yeah they wanted to leave because when you grow up here you know like any small town you want to spread your wings Uh and they did and they went to great schools anyway but so luke went on to into business and you know into banking and all that but He's always loved the ranch, and he's always mm-hmm. brought his Harvard buddies home, and we'd have to take them all horseback riding, and they'd stay <laughs> in our house. And uh, we just, like, it, it seemed like an imposition because we'd have the, they'd be sleeping on the couch, they'd have all the bedrooms full, and we'd have to cook for them. But every time they came, we absolutely loved it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I uh, mean, yeah, there's no such thing as an imposition when you have young people like that i mean he hangs out with world changers and so we're just like wow these kids are amazing so for us we got so we you know we said this is a lot of work but we're thankful we get to do it and that our kids i mean we live in we lived in a house that wasn't enormous would bring their friends of influence to our little house and they all loved it they loved it yeah oh we were amazed that they loved it you know yeah like Uh yeah i mean a lot of them could afford a lot better but they just like the down home and they you know our home became their home and we developed a lot of great relationships yes, with, oh. with luke and, and peter's mm-hmm. uh, friends yeah just coming coming to the ranch you know in the summer everybody wants to come nobody wants to come in the winter because it was too cold yeah, yeah. In the snow unless they're skiing and then they didn't hang out with you but yeah well what fun memories for them too wow I really am impressed with how you guys think outside the box. Mm. Um, I feel like every time I'm on your Instagram page, there's something new and creative that you're doing. Is, is, are those coming from you, those dreams and ideas? Well, Instagram, first of all, I am almost computer illiterate. I do use <laughs> my computer, okay. but actually Luke runs our Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there again, Peter's taken apart, Luke's taken apart. So a lot of what you see, with Luke, he's like five years ahead of us, and he's got this idea, and we go, oh, no, what's coming next? <laughs> but he's really been accurate. We would not be where we are without his vision. His, and he was that way since he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he always visioned mm-hmm. um, from way back 
branding the ranch. I think uh-huh. before it was almost a term, you know, just right. branding the brand, branding the ranch, and uh, bringing. He would bring photographers from anywhere, mm-hmm. good photographers to take pictures and. Uh, videographers and then he of course he moved from New York to Hollywood right and so he met a lot of cool people there that came out and he'd bring them to the ranch get them to video you know we'd have to take them horseback riding or something to pay them for coming but he got this these all these great pictures and some good video and but it goes way back to him Mm because he he would take you know the old VCRs he'd take videos of us (laughs) You know, working the cattle and wow. put music to it. And he was making his own mu- movies then. And so wow. here we are again. You know, He was totally ahead of the times, really. Yeah, he was. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. We call it, you know, we call it creative agriculture because you can't make a oh, living right. on a ranch like this. Yeah. And the ranch was divided four ways between mm-hmm. four daughters. Yes. So uh, to keep the ranch, uh, you either had to move away and get a, a paying job or you had to improvise somehow. So Jane's younger sister and her husband, the Lutons, they built yeah. they built the cabins. It was amazing. They went yeah. out and cut the wood, cut the timber down, snake it into the landing with horses, with work horses. Wow. And and peeled, you know, brought all those logs in, hand peeled all the logs. They had some kids helping them, but and built all those cabins and the lodge. Mm-hmm. That's like amazing to me. Totally. But, and then Chris and Jerome, they managed the Hatchet Ranch across the highway. I think Jerome did snowmobile guiding and different things to make a living. And, and, this, and your other sister is the only one that moved out, and Marty and Brian, and they farm over in, in the next county over. So, okay. yeah, that's kind of how we've we've held on to the ranch mm-hmm. by, uh, and of course we do this business, which we call creative, creative agriculture, to subsidize the ranch but really you're just looking for a way to to survive mm-hmm. you know yeah i love to keep that. it going mm-hmm. we i mean literally the first few years we were married mm-hmm. we lived on thirty-five thousand a year if that if that but we knew the good thing is we had no debt okay and so you know we did i mean amazing we, we were both self-employed i used to clean houses but in the winter, we would go up to, like, Pacific Creek and some of the neighbor, neighbors and take the kids with us, and we would shovel roofs. Yeah, we'd so. shovel the roofs. And then I, I worked for the, uh, up at the at the lodge in Togarty Lodge, oh, yeah. uh, driving a team of horses, and I'd haul the tourists back and forth from their cabins to the lodge. And and uh, one really bad thing happened. I went around a corner, and the, the sled broke in two. Oh. And, f- yeah, and I dumped all these all these tourists on their head. I'm like, oh my gosh. And uh, I got fired over that because they needed a, they needed scapegoat. a scapegoat because it wasn't my fault. The, the, the thing was built cheap. It fell apart, but, oh, no. but that was a little discouraging. I got fired. From. <laughs> Only job you ever got fired from. I think maybe it is. I think so. Well, yeah. That's why we're that self-employed. <laughs> You can't fire us if we're self-employed. That's right. I fired myself a couple times. Yeah, that's good. How would you guys define success? To me, success is being happy with what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Success is not how much money you make or how mm-hmm. fancy a house you got or what kind of car you drive. 
is are you happy? Do you have a reason to get up every morning? Mm -hmm. Do you have a purpose? That's to me, mm -hmm. that's a purpose is a big deal to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. You know, following a, uh, a, it's just a reason to get out of bed in the morning and why you, why you get up and do what you do. And sometimes we have to, yeah. we do it for our families or, you know, it's responsibility but yeah, it's not all fun. We all mm -hmm. pay, you know, you pay a price, but you keep that vision and goal of, of doing, you know, following your dreams. And I mm -hmm. tell young people that all the time, mm -hmm. you follow your dreams and money will follow you eventually, but mm -hmm. you may have to pay a price for a while. Yeah. You guys are living proof. That's incredible. What excites you most? I mean, you've seen things change a lot in this area um, through your lifetime and what excites you most about the future of rural America? I, I think to me, rural America, uh, well, this is what I tell people and it might be a little off track, but I think it's really important for what we do because, you know, in the, not very long ago, maybe a generation yeah. or two there every kid had a, a dad or a grandfather or a friend who had a dad or grandfather that had a farm and they went to the farm and they were around livestock they were around farm animals uh, they experienced the work ethic they got to jump in and get their hands dirty and and that is something that formed america rural america small town because i grew up in a small town colorado and Every town kid, I mean, I think I took every town kid mule riding. I mean, yeah. we rode our mules, we rode our horses and our mules to, to school on the last day of school every day, every time. And, uh, but all those town kids, they worked for farmers. They worked for uh, local ranches. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's true. Bucking hay and whatever, picking peaches where I grew up. And so I think there's something that, kids learn that city kids don't have that opportunity and it shows up they don't understand feel how to be around an animal they don't understand death you yes, know when you true. grow up ar around ranches and farms you you have to experience that and it's mm -hmm. hard but uh, it's just part of it so i guess to me i love small town i love the mm -hmm. small town i grew up in we had a we had a fourth of july you know, in the park, big deal every year. That was so fun. And uh, guys would drive their mule team down the down the streets. We had a parade, and it's so important. And then right near here, Dubois is right over the hill from us where I lived for a while. Uh, it's a small town. It's the most rural town in, hmm. in America. Did you know that? I think that? so, yeah. Yeah, small huh. town. But they... You know, they have their problems, but they stick together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jackson's a little different. It's pretty yeah. transient. Mm -hmm. uh, people come and go. They have a lot of winter, you know, their summer homes there. And uh, Jackson's not what it used to be. But Well, we I, what I would say about that is Moran is it's at the north end of Jackson, but it's still almost its own hidden. Community. It's, I say it's the best kept secret in Jackson Hole. Cause, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just made it public, right? But when you go into the park, about 90% of the traffic drops off and don't come up this way. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing I'd say about rural America is you know your neighbors, you can lean on each other, you help each other, 
And so you're you're never alone. You're you are part of community in a rural rural community. And to me, that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's next for you guys and for Diamond Cross Ranch? <laughs> Who knows? Sky is the limit. <laughs> I love that. What's next? Yeah, people ask if when are you going to be able to retire? When are you going to want to retire? And Jane has this answer. I don't ever want to retire. She said ranchers never retire. Yeah, ranchers they never just retire. die. Yeah. <laughs> die on the ranch, die on the vine. But uh, no, we we love our life. You know, it it's it's gotten a lot more busy because, you know, thanks to the kids just growing the business and all, but the people that we get mm-hmm. to meet, that's to me, that's the treasure. Uh the real treasure behind this is the amazing people that we get to, to come to the ranch yeah, for that sure. we get to meet and mm-hmm. be around fellowship with. And, uh, it's just phenomenal. It gives us hope for America, oh, yeah. you know, and, uh, we, we get a lot of city people and they're good people. Yes, they I mean, are. they, they really are. They love what we, they love what we do and what we see. And, and it makes the ranch new, to us because they're like oh i can't believe you get to see this every day do you ever get tired of looking at those tetons i'm like well if yeah yeah i guess we don't (laughs) (laughs) but it kind of helps you appreciate it more that they appreciate it the more you know and we could well i could say we could put a you know security gate on the on the highway but we wouldn't have much of a business if we did that so but uh, we do love sharing the ranch yes we do I love it. Well, we will link to all of your socials and your website in the show notes, your books. Mm, Um, Think like a horse. Yes, yes. Mm. And guests can stay here on the ranch. So you can come if you're listening and experience the ranch for yourself. And that is Teton Cabins. So that's its own business and own part. We're, We're the wedding corporate Teton Cabins is just across the road, and they're two separate businesses. Okay, mm-hmm. good to know. Yeah, same family. Same family. Okay. Kept it okay. in the family, and stay at Teton Cabins. And and if you want to book a wedding or an event, it's Diamond Cross Ranch, and our and check out our website, of course. And don't forget my book, Think Like a Horse, all about life lessons and empathy, and what else is it? Lessons with in great stories, life leadership and empathy by a unconventional cowboy yeah, something like that perfect and if you're looking for the most beautiful backdrop for your wedding this is it man exactly. it doesn't get better yeah well guys thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah thank you Dan. appreciate it yeah wow what an incredible couple and an incredible family I love that term creative agriculture and to see how they're using that here at the ranch is really amazing I'm telling you, if you can find a way to come experience Diamond Cross Ranch, you need to do it. You will not be disappointed. Be sure to check out the show notes for more. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rural Revival Podcast, and have a great day, everybody.